1990. Uh, Mr. Tyner, who will lead the presentation? Um, Ms. Lings will. Um, just a brief introduction. I'm Ray Tyner, uh, Deputy Chief Development Officer. Um, th this variance uh, just uh, it's, a, it's a little bit unique for us. I've been here working for the city for 20 years, and this is the first time that a variance such as this nature came before city staff. Um, you know, back in 1997, before we were a city, there was a house that was built, and it was built incorrectly on the adjacent lot. So what we have been working with the applicant is try our best to resolve the noncompliance and try to bring, actually, to the most part, try to bring both properties as much as possible into compliance with our land development code. So um, we, again, on, on this particular variant, staff believes that it meets the criteria and is recommending approval. And uh, Ms. Lins will have the uh, staff report and the details followed by the applicant presentation. Hi, good evening, Mr. Chairman and members of the board, Estelle Lines Planner with the city. And this is a request for 16 round table lane. It is a request for a variance of the minimum lot size for a SFR3 single family residential three zone lot. Uh, this slide shows the neighborhood. Uh, 16 round table lane is zoned SFR3. The minimum lot size requirement for SFR3 zone properties is 10,000 square feet and the requested lot size is 9,636 square feet approximately. Uh, the property was purchased by Dean P. Spriggs as trustee of the Dean P. Spriggs Profit Sharing Trust. Um, the deed was dated January 25th, 2021. And again, this slide shows the subject property and it shows the issue where the house on 18 Round Table Lane was uh, constructed encroaching on the subject property. The future land use map shows the entire neighborhood as having a future land use map designation of residential. The zoning map shows the lot to be zoned SFR3. Most of the lots in this neighborhood are SFR3. I just zoomed out here a little bit on the right side. The darker lots are zoned SFR2. Again, the subject is SFR3. And this is a copy of the survey that was provided to us. As mentioned, 18 Round Table Lane um, was constructed in 1997 before the city was incorporated. Um, the survey that they provided is dated January 26, 2021. And as you can see, the lot is encroaching on the subject property about eight feet. And so we were approached um, uh, in October and November of 2021, first by a realtor who was uh, inquiring as to whether or not 16 uh, Roundtable Lane is a buildable lot, followed by another inquiry the next month as to what the owner would have to do to be able to construct a single family residence on the property. And as Mr. Tyner mentioned, in an attempt to bring both properties into compliance, staff suggested that the owner of 16 Roundtable Lane, the subject property, convey the area that is being encroached upon to the owner of 18 Round Table Lane. Um, if that happens, there will remain ample room to construct a residence on it. 
Uh, this slide shows, I just outlined the proposed area of conveyance. It's outlined in purple. Uh, again, the house encroaches about eight feet, and we suggested that they uh, convey an additional five feet to accommodate roof overhang and help with the setback and that sort of thing. Um, so the area would be a 13 by 28 foot area, which is approximately 300, well, is 364 square feet, leaving the remainder of the lot to be approximately 9,636 square feet. These are just some photographs I took of, uh, several weeks ago at this point of the, of the lot. This shows 18 round table lane, which you know is constructed eight feet onto the subject property. Uh, just another shot from the street looking at the uh, subject property. This table has the um, dimensional standards for SFR3 zone property. The minimum lot size is 10,000 square feet. That is the subject that we're dealing with tonight. Uh, the minimum lot width is 80 feet. The maximum impervious ratio is 70%. The maximum building height is 35 feet. The minimum front setback is 25 feet. The minimum rear setback is 10 feet. And the interior side yard setback is 7.5 feet. Uh, the, what follows are the five review criteria from section 2.05.05 of the land development code um, that all development orders are subject to this criteria. A must not be in conflict or contrary to the public interest. Um, any deviation from the land development code without adequate justification can be considered contrary to the public interest and the applicant has provided uh, their detailed justification. B, must be consistent with the provisions of the land development code and the comprehensive plan. The findings are that this request is consistent with the comprehensive plan policy 1.1.1.2, which provides the densities and intensities allowed in Palm Coast zoning districts. Allowing a, the construction of a single family residence is consistent with the SFR3 zoning district. Table 3.3 that I just went over of the Land Development Code provides a dimensional standards for residential districts. The, co the construction of a single family home on this lot will meet all dimensional standards except the minimum lot size. And the subsection 2.12.03 of the Land Development Code provides the standards which must be met when granting a variance and these standards will be addressed in the following section. C must not impose a significant liability or hardship on the city. Uh, should the owners be granted a variance, no significant financial liability or hardship will be created for the city. D must not create an unreasonable hazard or nuisance or constitute a threat to the general health, welfare, or safety of the city's inhabitants. Uh, the reduced lot size will not create an unreasonable hazard, nuisance, or threat to the general health, welfare, or safety of the city's inhabitants. And E must comply with all applicable government standards. If the variance is granted, the construction of a residence will comply with all other applicable local, state, and federal laws, statutes, ordinances, regulations, and or codes. And in addition to the findings listed in the section that I just went over, 2.05.05 for all development orders, variance applications shall be reviewed based on the following. A, no application for a variant shall be approved unless the Planning and Land Development Regulation Board finds that the following standards are met, recognizing that the applicant bears the burden of proof. The applicant has supplied their justification in the letter provided to the board members, and I also include it in the staff report, so the following are staff's findings. 
One, special conditions and circumstances exist which are peculiar to the land use or building involved and which are not applicable to other lands, uses, or buildings in the same zoning district. Staff finds that the standard is met. The house at 18 Round Table Lane was constructed in 1997. The survey dated January 26, 2021 shows the house encroaching approximately eight feet onto the subject property. This is a special condition circumstance that is not applicable to other lands in the same zoning district. Two, the special conditions and circumstances are not self-imposed and do not result from the actions of the applicant. A staff finds that the standard is met. The house at 18 Round Table Lane was constructed in 1997, many years before the, prior to the conveyance of 16 Round Table Lane to the current owner. So this circumstance is not self-imposed. Three, literal interpretation of the provision of this land development code would deprive the applicant of rights commonly enjoyed by other properties in the same zoning district under the terms of this land development code and would work unnecessary and undue hardship on the applicant. Staff finds that this standard is met. If the variance is not granted, the applicant will not be able to use the lot as intended by Platt and as permitted by the zoning district, which would be the construction of a single family home. Four, the variance is the minimum relief necessary that will make possible the reasonable use of the land or buildings. And staff finds that this standard is met. The applicant is requesting to convey the minimum area of land to remove the encroachment, thereby reducing the lot size the minimum amount. Once free of encumbrances, the owner will be able to apply for a permit to construct a single family home. And five, the granting of the variance will be in harmony with the general intent and purpose of this land development code, and that such a variance will not be injurious to the area involved or otherwise detrimental to the public health, safety, and welfare, or injurious to other property in the area. And staff finds that this standard is met. The granting of the requested variance will allow the construction of a single family home, which will be in harmony with the residential zoning of the property and the neighborhood. This will not be injurious to the area nor detrimental to the public health, safety, and welfare. And in this slide, I just um, identified the other houses along the, the same street. Uh, again, the subject property is outlined in blue, number 16. The white numbers are the address numbers of the properties. And then I just looked up to see the widths of the other residences that have been built on the same street or are under construction. And out of the 18 lots that are identified here, nine of them actually have um, uh, house footprint or width that is 52 feet or less. So what would happen, the lot right now is, is 80 feet wide. So if they convey the eight feet plus the five feet, that's 13 feet, it's gonna, it's gonna make 67 feet between the two property lines in the middle of the lot. The entire lot, the, the road frontage will still be 80 feet, but there'll be 67 feet between the two property lines in the middle. And then there's a seven and a half foot setback that's uh, required, so that's less another 15 feet. So you're going to leave it. It's going to leave a 52 foot width to construct a house. And just to show that it would be in harmony with the neighborhood and the rest of the houses on the street. You know, again, you know, here's a 50 foot um, wide home. You know, 49, 52, 51. 50, et cetera. So all of these are 52 feet, not all of them, but you know the ones here that are shown are 52 feet or less, just to show it would be harmonious with the other homes in the neighborhood and on the street. 
Um, regarding public participation, the, the Unified Land Development Code, Chapter 2, Part 2, Section 2.07, requires that applicants notify abutting property owners of the Planning and Land Development Regulation Board meeting date at least 14 days in advance of the public hearing. The required letter of notification to the abutting property owners were sent via certified mail by February 1st, 2023 to meet this standard, and um, staff did receive one email that was in opposition to the request. And that was basically talking about the houses would be close together and, and be an eyesore, but I think the prior slide demonstrated that it would be harmonious. Uh, planning staff finds that this request meets all five standards for approval of the variance. The subject property is encumbered by the adjacent lots residence. This is a special condition or circumstance which is not self-imposed. Curing the encumbrance by conveying a portion of the lot will make it non-conforming to the minimum lot size requirement. Approving a variance of the minimum lot size would allow construction of a residence on the subject property. This would be consistent with the intent, the intent and purpose of the comprehensive plan and land development code and would be in harmony with the neighborhood and zoning district. And staff's recommendation is that the Planning and Land Development Regulation Board approve the variance request to reduce the minimum lot size by the area encumbered by the adjacent lots residence plus an additional five feet, approximately 364 square feet from 10,000 square feet to approximately 9,636 square feet, application number 5290. And the applicant is in attendance. All right, thank you. Does the applicant have a presentation? He just um, sent two PDFs, the survey and an aerial, and I'm gonna bring that up here in a second. Okay. You would state your name and address for the record. Sure. Uh, Dennis Bear, 109 South 6th Street, Flagler Beach, Florida. <clears throat> I'm the attorney for the uh, applicant in this variance process. First, I'd like to thank Ms. Lenz for doing a very thorough job on the analysis. <clears throat> I don't really have a whole lot to add to, but a couple of points I'd like to make. And one point that Mr. Tyner made at the beginning is that this is a very unusual set of circumstances. I've been practicing law in Flagler County since 1985. I've seen a lot of real estate issues where there were encroachments. Typically, it's a fence or a shed, which we actually had here when this got started. The shed is being removed. The neighbor basically assumed that that was his property since 1997. So um, it is a very unusual set of circumstances. And we initially contacted staff. We were going to have request two variances. The first is we're going to get a variant, try to get a variance from the setback. And staff did the analysis we met, we went back and forth, I approached my client and asked when we realized that if we deed the five feet plus do the seven and a half foot setback that's required by the code and then have the full setback on the west side of the property, we can still get a 52 foot building uh, on the property, which is going to be consistent with the harmony of the neighborhood. And as the one objector pointed out the one neighbor, I don't know that they realized that we were going to meet all the setback requirements. So we really have done the minimum as far as the variance that's being sought to accommodate this rather unusual set of circumstances. So it's, it's going to have the same setbacks of all the other houses, a 52-foot house in the middle of the lot, and then the other areas that, you know, the encroachment doesn't run the whole length of the lot will still be in open space because the setbacks will still be in those locations. So again, I think we've done the absolute minimum as far as the amount of the variance that we're seeking, and I just request your approval, and I'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Thank you. <clears throat> we'll come back to the board. Does the board have any questions of the staff or the applicant? I 
have a question for staff. Um, on, and that's in reference to if this gets approved. Um, I saw uh, there's a letter for Clint to sign if this gets approved, but is there some verbiage in there to hold the city harmless, um, you know, in case something comes up later on and say, well, you know, I, I'm just playing devil's advocate, right? The, the house that's encroaching the lot, what if they come and say, well, you know, the city didn't do their job and, um, you know, my house, it's not my fault. So, but is there something that in the, in the agreement that holds the city harmless or any potential yeah, problems? Do we have it in there? Yeah, I, we don't typically put it in there. I, I don't feel that that's a very um, big concern okay. that, that, that that would happen. I mean, it's a good thought. And we do include it sometimes on some, some matters. But I think in this situation, we're probably okay because we've got a lot of paperwork here that kind of lays the story out okay. as to what, what occurred. Okay. I just wanted to bring that and, up. And, oh, sure. and we do have a side agreement with the encroaching neighbor as far as deeds and we're going to have the access easements and some other issues during construction. So they're, they're well aware of what's going on and they, they have not objected at all to what we're trying to do. The, the one question I had was, was there any discussion or conversation to have the lot jog so that your lot and lot 18 end up being the equivalent size as opposed to having lot 16 be less? The only problem there is that we would then have to push to the west because we can't really do anything with, with the encroaching house, but then the lot to the west of ours would become a non-conforming lot. Well, but I, uh, what I was looking at this plan is could there not this stretch here be pushed over into the house that's lot that's encroaching to make up that space that's in lot 16. Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah. You're basically I thought trying that's to what give you them back doing. 364 square yeah, feet. Yeah. They're not deeding part yeah. of their lot back to us. I think that was your question. That My, yes, this lot 18 would be <coughs> giving more square footage back to 16, as I understand it. Okay. Yes. So rather than giving it, if there is an agreeable conversation going on between two parties, obviously you need to do this setback because of the physical structure. But why doesn't this property line slide over into 16 so that this really is a net mm. property staying the same size? So it's not really a variance requirement. It's a, it's a line change. But the setbacks won't be lot where the house is existing now. It, well, that this has to happen. Right. That happens. That, that accomplishes the house right. overhang. But why does this line not shift onto their property so that 16 isn't losing 654 square feet? I just don't know if that might affect their rear yard setbacks or any of the other locational criteria for um, Yeah, the, the rear setback is 10 feet. So that that would actually, if you do that, that allows more space at the rear of the lot for building the house. I'm confused. Because they are just jogging. They're doing a jog. They're not doing a straight. Right. And so the question is, if you do the <laughs> jog this way and go down, jog it a little further and come Still. down on this side oh. so that this, this portion of 16 becomes portion of 18, so they become equal. There's still 10,000 square feet. Oh, so you just, have the It's just a jagged line. Oh, I, I see you. what you're saying. Back of the house. So we the back of the house, which gives you more 
rear space to build the house instead on. of jogging no we reconfigure both lots reconfiguring going down and just giving a little bit more land so 18 will have the 10,000 square foot dimension smart. that's smart but i don't know but what the total square footage would do for the, the house that's there house next well, door okay, your, your square should, footage would be 10, in the other guy's backyard so mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. I, I don't know that that does much I for see. you right and you is, still have a non-conforming lot because you don't have the width Right, if you build, you're not going to use that part that you jogged because it's not part of where you can yeah, put the, the house. Yeah, by the time you have Why, why wouldn't you put the house back the there? Because the setback. You got nothing. It's only a 10-foot here. Yeah, slide up. You have a minimum of 25 at the front. Can you put you the slide up that shows well, the encroachment? Here. You so know you, what we could do is suggest that they look into that, but um, grant the variance, but ask them to look into that possibility. And and if that's if that works, which you know we it just seems like it gives the lot that's make the request a little bit more flexibility, mm -hmm. and we're not quite so deviate, deviating from our square footage requirements on the lot. So yeah. don't, just, don't you still have a problem though? I mean, you don't have the width that's required in yeah, SFR three. So yeah. the width's in the wrong place if you give that right, right there. It's still the wrong. You still don't meet the, right the zoning criteria. Zone. So and it really doesn't give them any. Yeah. space because it would be back by the shed so. well but the shed's not there it's no, not, I know I'm just saying it would be that that area well I was just thinking it gives them a wider spot for building the house further back on the lot uh, it's just a suggestion just a suggestion to try and get it's a good there. it's a good thought um, but but I would suggest if you if the board would be agreeable to granting the variance maybe throw that out and see if it we can do our calculations and see I'd have to go back. It's a little complicated. Just the title company and different issues that we're involved with. I, I can I can certainly make that ask. Yeah, Mr. Bayer has presented this claim to the title company. Well, right? then there's another attorney down in South Florida that's handling the title claim. Handling they just the asked title. me to deal with the variance up here, so that's that's my authority to right. To right. Deal. So there's a lot of paperwork involved. Act, have they actually already had a house drawn out to fit? At this point, they have not because they're waiting, but they did talk to the, the design person that said, yes, 52 feet will work. 50, and there's a house near that that's very close to that. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's, that's, and that's why we said, well, we don't need to, to go for the, we, because initially we were going to get a variance from the side yard setback. And we decided we don't need to do that because we can get a 52-foot house on the property. Yeah. I, think when the ha I think when the block is fully developed, you would we'll never notice. notice that one lot is a little bit jagged than the other. Yeah, the only thing is that, that um, 18 is going to have the big side yard setback on the far east side. Um, that's about it. Any other questions from the board? I have a couple questions. How on earth did we get here? I mean, did they just make that bad of a mistake in 1997? The, I found the survey from when the house was constructed from the county records that we inherited and that survey shows the house smack in the middle of the lot. Yeah, I'll be darned. So they messed up. Well, what I noticed too. They got all the way through the inspection <laughs> process. Of course, you know, Mr. Smith, we have seen a couple houses get built completely on the wrong lot yeah. altogether. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've dealt with two of those, but that's that's a little unusual. At least they had their setbacks in place. Usually, we find out about that pretty quick, though, and not 26 years later. <laughs> <laughs> the power pole. It, that it's on. I noticed that. It's yeah. in the middle of the lot. Yeah, yeah it's like. 
And the, it it's usually like at the lock corner. It looks like that power pole is probably a newer one. It got replaced after one of the storms. So they right. just said, well, that must be Maybe. the lock line. That's where we're putting it. Yeah, I saw the same thing. Yeah, that's weird. That, on the that power line was... Uh, yeah, FPL pretty on the money on where poles It go. looked... Uh, yeah. 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 Odd. Oops, wrong way. That was a good attempt. Most of it's on the house. All right. Any other questions of the staff or applicant before we move to the public? Thank you. Thank you. And this is a public hearing. Any member of the public that wishes to address the board on this matter, please come forward. State your name and address for the record. You have three minutes to address the board. Seeing no one come forward, we will close the public hearing and uh, come back to the board for whatever action it deems appropriate. I'll make a motion to approve application number 5290 as recommended by staff to allow the variance request and there's a motion and a second. Irene, would you please call the roll? Mr. Lemon. Yes. Mr. Albano. Yes. Ms. Nicholson. Yes. Mr. Hilton. Yes. Mr. Gross. Yes. Ms. Shank. Yes. Mr. Smith. Yes. The motion carries seven to zero. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate Thank you. We'll move on to item three, Pomco Seascape Subdivision Master Plan Application 5201. Thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman, Planning Board members. This is another project in Town Center, very exciting. Um, it's a, a single-family home subdivision. And um, this is the first phase, stage of the subdivision process. Um, it, uh, subdivision master plan is ready for your um, approval. Um, and then after, you know, if this is approved tonight, then the next step would be the subdivision master plan with all the construction plans. Um, that would be an administrative approval. And then the final plat would be for city council. So um, with that, Ms. Myers will have the uh, staff report. And the applicant is also here. Yes. Good evening, planning board members. So as uh, Mr. Tyner mentioned, this is Palm Coast Seascape. It's on tracks 20A and 20B in town center. So here we go, this is the location map. So it is just north of City Hall. So this is tracks 20A and 20B, which is why it's two different parcels. Here's City Hall here. So it will provide the continuation of City Place up this way and will connect to what's called Limestone Avenue between Coastal Gables and the Haven Project, which are both under construction currently. This is a little closer, it's 72.3 acres. It's currently cleared but vacant. Um, the, all of the vegetated area is under a conservation easement, so the only part that will be developed is the area in the middle that is already cleared. This, its future land use map designation is DRI Urban Core, which is the pink, and then the conservation area, which is the lighter green color. It is in the Town Center Master Plan Development area. And this is the proposed site plan. It's 110 single-family residential lots. Um, there's an amenity center here, and then there is a large 10-foot wide multi-use path that goes all the cursor this way around this pond. There's another access point here, and then goes north towards Coastal Gables, and then they will continue that path up north as well. And then these are all of the lots, various stormwater ponds. This is City Place coming up north this way, and then this is Limestone Avenue, which will um, connect both Coastal Gables and the Haven, as mentioned. So these are the site development requirements per the Town Center MPD and the Land Development Code. 
The minimum lot size is 2,500 square feet. Their minimum is 5,200 square feet. They're providing both 40-foot and 50-foot lots. Their minimum lot width required is 25 feet. As mentioned, they're providing 40s and 50s. Maximum pervious is 75%. They're providing 22.9 due to the large amount of conservation area on the property. Maximum building height is 80 feet. They're providing one and two story houses, which will be significantly less than the 80 feet um, allowed. And they are meeting all of the minimum building setbacks per the town center MPD. If we go into the analysis based on 2.10.04 of the land development code, so this is for subdivision master plans, the logic of design, um, the site plan has been conceptually reviewed and found to meet the standards of Town Center DRI MPD and the Land Development Code, except those that will be addressed in more detail on the preliminary plat, working on the specifics of grading and drainage, things like that. Internal consistency, there will be a common architectural theme between the houses and the amenity center, which will be approved by the Town Center Architectural Review Committee. Impact on neighboring sites, as mentioned, this project is within Town Center. Um, and it actually will provide the connection, as mentioned, Limestone Avenue through Coastal Gables and the Haven, so it will provide additional road access. And as mentioned, the internal vehicular and pedestrian connectivity, they are providing that 10-foot multi-use path for pedestrian access, as well as the connection, the road connections. Consolidation of utilities and facilities, including stormwater, parking, signage, etc. Um, these will be addressed during the preliminary plat process, but will be consistent with the Land Development Code and the Town Center Master Plan Development. And the public benefit of the project, um, this development project is, again, within Town Center. Essentially, this project will assist in getting some use out of the public infrastructure that already exists, and it will provide numerous construction jobs while the project is being built. The proposed development must not be in conflict with or contrary to the public interest. The development will not be able to be newly constructed and again provide those required vehicular and pedestrian access points. Must be consistent with the comprehensive plan and provisions of the Land Development Code. Um, it is consistent and I've listed a few objectives here that it is consistent with. They are listed further out in the staff report. Um, ensure adequate public facilities concurrent with new development. All of those are already existing in Town Center. Transportation element. As I said, it provides that interconnectivity between the projects. Um, diversity in housing, there'll be 40-foot and 50-foot single-family residential lots, and it does have significant recreation and open space, and that 10-foot multi-use path is providing um, towards the neighborhood parks. The proposed development must not impose a significant financial liability or hardship for the city. All of the public infrastructure is either there or will be on the developer to construct. There will be nothing for the city to have to do. The proposed development must not create an unreasonable hazard or nuisance or constitute a threat to the general health, welfare, or safety of the city's inhabitants. The project will not. Again, it will all be newly constructed up to the current building standards. The proposed development must comply with all other applicable local, state, and federal laws, statutes, ordinances, regulation, or codes. Again, it shall be, and there are conservation easements in the area which protect the natural environment in perpetuity. Public participation, no neighborhood meeting was required for this project due to its location within Town Center. And planning staff recommends that the Planning and Land Development Regulation Board find this in compliance with the comprehensive plan and approve application 5201, Palm Coast Seascape, a subdivision master plan, tier two. 
And as Mr. Tyner mentioned, after this, the applicant will apply for a preliminary plat that will be reviewed by staff. And then the final plat will go before city council for approval. And the applicant is here to answer questions and they do have a brief presentation for you all. Thank you, Jordan. <clears throat> the applicant, please come forward. Please state your name and address for the record, please. Sure thing. Michelle Weidick with Zeb Conan Associates, 97 Abacus Avenue, Ormond Beach, Florida. Thank you, Ms. Myers. Um, so you can skip this one because you already went over the overall one. I just brought a couple of things to bring forward. Um, that's our cover sheet. You can go to the next one because you went over that. So I just wanted to bring some of the architectural and renderings that we have to date. Um, the signage coming in off of Lake Avenue from the south will, um, right now in the draft version, is looking like this with um, some fencing along the way. So it'll be a nice community to drive into. Um, let's see what else we have. Right, so going back to the layout, so that'll be on the southeast corner, coming up from City Place, as that's where that's proposed. And then uh, we have a rendering here of the amenity center. So uh, this is, uh, will be right when you drive into the community, you have the signage, and then the amenity center will be there in the center. And then the homes, these are uh, the 40 and 50 foot lots. Um, this is kind of all the, the Toll Brothers is the applicant. Their motto is affordable luxury for this community, so it'll be a nice looking homes at an affordable price. So on the overall site, it's, it is 72 acres. Uh, conservation is 32 acres of the site. So that's just um, some interesting points there. So a total of 110 lots. Mm -hmm. And then uh, any questions for the board? It's a gated community? It will not be gated. Will not be gated. Will it not be gated? It'll be all public streets dedicated to the city. So, do you know the price point of the houses? Uh, the price point uh, is going to be dictated by market demand, um, and so that'll be forthcoming once, once that uh, construction actually occurs. Similar to what you guys have in Jacksonville now? Um, probably a different, little bit of a different market than the Jacksonville market. Yeah, so it's going to be similar to Gables. Excuse me, can state your name and address for the record yes. just so we know who you are. Sorry. Uh, my name is Killian. I'm with Toll Brothers. Um, I reside in 475 Pine Eagle, which is in Clay County, Florida. Um, so, yeah, pricing is going to be similar to the Gables. Um, we, of course, don't want to undercut them or, you know, go over them, what they're currently at. Um, but again, like Michelle, Michelle said, the market's going to dictate that. But, um, you know, we're, we're coming in at an affordable luxury um, price point. Um, so yeah, that's the plan right now. Any other questions from the board? I have a couple. Okay. The, uh, can you pull up the site plan where this shows the roads as well? So I see that the front setback for garages will be 20 feet and then yes. the house is 10. But on the, on the garage side, that's to the property line. Is there any prop, is there any additional easement or anything from the edge of property to the backside of the urban gutter or uh, and the only reason I say that is you know, if you have a large car you could be end up outside into the street so my, so that's my question is does the property line go directly to the edge of pavement there'll likely be a utility easement there for to run the utilities uh, so within the property line you'll have the utility easement or within the right-of-way the lots are 130 and 140 foot deep. 
So I don't know that we've got the lot that laid out with the driveway layouts on that, but um, it looks like your is your right of way fifty feet. That's what it looks like on there. The right of way is fifty feet. So from the back of the curb, there's obviously space to the right of way. Okay. And then the yes. setback would go from there. Okay. Very good. Any other questions? Okay. Looks like there's sidewalks too. Yeah, there's four foot mm -hmm. sidewalks on each side oh, of the uh, of the roadway. Go. That. that was going to be my only question of the staff was, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer is the connectivity that's required in town center. Are you taken care of? It's yes, sir. Okay, thank you. But yeah, we don't multi -use. have anybody from school board here, do we? Hmm. No. Nope. That premature for the school board stuff? Yeah, I mean they, if number one, town center is exempt from school concurrency. Fair enough. Okay. So, yeah, but just to add on. To you with the sidewalk and internet connectivity you know well aware about town center and one thing that's really cool that they're doing is miss myers pointed it out with the multi-purpose trail that's open to the public that's going to go around the lake and then work its way up to the north so ideally the goal of that is to ultimately get this trail to the uh, rails of trails at rural palms to have that connection so you can be here where we're staying and get on a bike get on the trail and get to the rails of trails and get all the way to Colbert Lane. So that's kind of the idea. Cool. What is the timing for this Limestone Avenue? I, I haven't been back that way. So is it just landlocked at the moment, then a future expansion? And where does Limestone Avenue connect to at the north? Would that be over by the Imagine School? No, that's incorrect. Uh, the, to the north, it connects into the Gable subdivision, and to the south, it'll connect down to, to the, the Gables, Haven, okay. Haven Apartments. So, uh, so it's it's not landlocked now because it's got City Place coming in from the, from the southeast. That'll go. The Limestone Avenue will go down like this. Mm -hmm. So this is the Haven Project here, and this is Coastal Gables up here. So it'll go up this way, and technically, it will go all the way over to Imagine. Those Gables started that road on their portion of the project. I believe they're working on phase one. Uh, phase two, I don't believe, is built yet. Okay. But there are, there's ability then for the residents at this to just have more than one in and out of their development. Then. They will, yet. Yeah. The Haven is fairly far into construction, and they will provide pretty much the, the connection right here to their property line, and then this will connect now their have, property line. Won't they have three, ultimately? Yes. Okay. Any other questions from the board? All right, thank you. Sure. Well, this is a public hearing. Any member of the public that wishes to address the board, please come forward, state your name and address for the record. You have three minutes to address the board. Seeing no one come forward, we'll close the public hearing, come back to the board for any further questions or a motion. I make a motion to approve application number 5201, Palm Coast Seascape, a subdivision master plan, tier two application. Second. Uh, and, and both of you uh, find it in compliance with a comprehensive plan? Yes. That's included in your motion? Yes. All right, thank you. We have a motion and a second. Uh, would you please call the roll? Mr. Lemon? Yes. Mr. Albano? Yes. Ms. Nicholson? Yes. Mr. Helton? Yes. Mr. Excuse me. Mr. Gross? Yes. Ms. Shank? Yes. Mr. Smith? Yes. The motion carries 7 to 0. Thank you very much. All right, uh, that's the uh, last item on our agenda. Does the board have anything that it wishes to discuss, or the staff? No. Nope. Motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Is there a second? 
I'll second. <laughs> All those in favor, please say aye. 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 We're adjourned. Thank you.